0: Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. Today in an interview with Cheryl Doss, Director of Institute of World Mission, we're taking a look at something that is very dear to every missionary family, the extended family that is left behind. The grandparents or the grandkids, brothers and sisters, parents, others who play such an important role in our lives. Cheryl Doss has specialized on issues related to missionary families. She invested a lot of energy and many years of her time to research, careful reading, practicing, and consulting to this area, not speaking of a lot of personal experience. In the interview, we'll look at best practice of what does it take to build the needed ties with our family that is far, even stronger, across time, across distance. Before airing this interview, I need to bring an apology to you. Somehow, throughout this recording, an interference crept in. It's mostly manageable, but gets distracting at one point. Quite a bit. Sorry about that. I hope it won't take you away from this valuable conversation with Cheryl. Cheryl, welcome to the IWM podcast. Thank you. Actually, welcome back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we agreed together to discuss a very interesting topic about the extended families of missionaries so let me just jump straight into the first question which is we as missionaries most often leave the extended family behind well yes. that is logical yes,
1: yes.
0: how does this impact us as missionaries or families?
1: Yeah. You know, that's a a very interesting question because uh, a lot depends upon the culture from which we come. Now, if you come from a culture that has a nuclear family culture and especially if your family has worked for the church then that nuclear family has moved around a lot already probably and it may be that uh, it you know if you've been a pastor and you've been moving from place to place and not living in your hometown with your parents then this is just an, a, another bigger move farther away so uh, in a way it's an understood kind of Transition with a nuclear family Although it's more intense and bigger If you come from a culture Which has a wider extended family That is very tightly knit then the, And nuclear culture is not And nuclear family is not part of the culture Then this becomes an even greater wrench When you go as mother, father and children And leave behind the grandparents And multiple fathers and mothers That have been part of the extended family So the, the patterns of the home culture become important here. However, having said that, for every family, this is a, a often an unacknowledged loss. We don't think about the think about it when we accept a mission call that we're actually bringing grief to our extended family. Sometimes we're so excited. Or maybe our extended family makes us feel guilty for doing it, but we still need to make sure that... We we still often don't factor in the amount of loss that the family left behind is facing when we leave. And also the kind of loss that we may... Have as well and this is
0: what we're going to try to explore with yeah. you today so that we, we will take a look at the different details now let's uh, let's take a look a deeper look at uh, our extended family that is left behind yes. uh, perhaps they have some kind of expectations and many times they may have false expectations to how the relationship should proceed now could you share with us a little bit what those false expectations <laughs> could be?
1: Yes, you know um, having, having lived both as a missionary child and then a missionary mother and now a missionary grandmother, I know that, that every generation sees things in slightly different ways, and um, the the grandparents that are left behind often want to have this close connection with their children that is very difficult when there 's a great distance between them also it depends a lot on the age of the grandchildren. Um, how, how much they can communicate with a grandparent and how close they, they can stay attached. So there may be false expectations on both sides of how easy or hard this might be. In some cases, grandparents just feel like if their children go to the mission field, they completely lost the family. In other cases, they may have expectations of constant interaction with the children that actually can, in this day and age of Internet, can become an extra source of concern. Uh, I've heard missionaries talk about the problems they face because whereas 50 years ago, um, if you were a missionary and there was a problem at home and your, your parents would send you a letter and you would get it six or eight weeks later, then you, you were pretty sure the problem had been solved by the time you got the letter. Nowadays, you might get an email saying, I can't find my billfold you know, or whatever. Or, I've lost something. What do I do? I'm sick. You're engaged in that uh, problem at home from the very moment it happens. And that adds to the stresses and strains on the mission field. So there are positives and negatives uh, that can occur because of our easy communication now uh, for, uh, in both the expectations and the reality of the distance that we face.
0: Now, on the flip side, our then, families may also have very legitimate expectations.
1: That's true.
0: Now, yes. as we move away from, from our extended <coughs> families, um, <coughs> there are still obligations that we may need to yes. fulfill Uh, how would you describe those?
1: Well, and again, I want to bring a cultural element into this. That depending on the home culture, the missionary can be seen either as some kind of hero and support to the family at home or as some kind of victim <laughs> that, is, that is living in great poverty and therefore we have to support them. This difference is very, occurs very much depending upon the culture from which the family comes. So sometimes the missionary family is expected to send money home to to the home family, uh, sometimes the missionary family in the field will expect the people at home to send them support or help. You know, so it, it just depends on the home culture a lot. Legitimate expectations, though, I think, are in the realm of relationships. There is no family style anywhere that, that we want to lose contact with our nearest and dearest, our parents, our grand, the grandparents. The aunts and uncles. We want to keep those relationships strong. There's many good reasons for that. A missionary child, for example, who doesn't know their grandparents has lost an important relationship in generational relationship. Or uh, an aunt or an uncle who rarely or almost never sees a niece or a nephew has lost an important relationship. There, a uh, support. This becomes very evident. When the missionary family, uh, especially if the child comes back by themselves for education to the home country, and they have no relationship with the grandparents or the aunts and uncles, mm-hmm. who, who, who can support them. So maintaining the extended family relationships at an emotional and relational level, I think is very important for every family, no matter what their home culture is.
0: Now I think it's um, about time for us to to try to look into some of the how tos. Uh-huh. Uh, just just to preempt, um, we have an extended WhatsApp group, uh, yes. an extended family WhatsApp group. We call it uh, kids and grandkids. Oh, um, great! So it's like an extended family yeah. and a lot of interaction happens then maybe every family has this maybe not i don't know mm-hmm. this is just an example of what we do to kind of keep connected um uh, on, on a distance and let me take you step by step through here so um, how are we to best relate to the needs of our extended family that is back there, back home? Okay,
1: as missionaries. Let's as missionaries. Take it. First of all, as missionaries, how can we do this? Um, I think it's really very important to, um, to talk about the extended family. Within the family. Within our own family. Within our own family. family. Okay. Our own family. Now, I love the fact that you have a WhatsApp group, and, and technology has made this a lot easier, okay? Being able to share things as a family. We have also, we have what we call family plus group. Okay. And and that, we, we, we include our family in that people share um, concerns or news and items or whatever, travel, you know. Uh, I'll, I, when I get on a plane, I say, boarding in Detroit, you know, kind of thing and the whole family knows that, that I'm traveling. So that I think that's helpful, just the connection there. But being very intentional, I really love the fact that when my two little granddaughters were born in Nairobi, our, our daughter-in-law put the pictures of each of the grandparents and aunts and uncles and cousins on the wall in their bedroom. And when they went to bed at night... They looked at those pictures and talked about the family, and the, and the little girls prayed for their grandmas and grandpas and their extended family. So th- every night there was a remembrance of the family that was far away.
0: Oh, I love this, because yeah. uh, as, as you are sharing this uh, beautiful example, I'm thinking of my youngest son.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he would often ask questions about uh, the names of his of his. Uh, extended family Mm -hmm. relatives Mm -hmm. and how we would have to explain who's related to who and how they're related and all of this and we have to do this Every so often, because mm-hmm. he doesn't see them every day, no, and right. uh, he just has no context. He had to learn it mm-hmm. uh, intellectually, yes. not relationally, because yes. he was growing without all of them being mm-hmm. present in his life. Mm-hmm. So that—that that is. That y- is
1: a, yeah, I, I think we have to just keep talking about it, praying, praying for them, making them real. Um, technology has made this a lot easier. I remember when our daughter and her family were living in a certain country where. Uh, Zachary, our grandson, was just about three years old or so. And she needed to go and take care of the baby sometimes and or take a shower or something she would actually call me up on the internet by phone hand the phone to to Zachary and I would babysit him quote unquote until she got out of the shower from of the, other side of the from world. the other side of the world <laughs> yes so uh, you know uh, that all these we should use every technological advantage we can have whether it's chats chats like a whatsapp group or uh, emails together or uh, Um, You know, now they have children's Facebook, so you can actually choose to have your family members on for children, and you very selectively about who they can interact with. Interesting. Um, And, you know, or a magic jack phone or whatever you have to work that allows you to to keep uh, voice contact. Now, thinking of that, there are people who live in very isolated places, and Internet does not work well or is very expensive, so I remember when my grandchildren were little, one Christmas I bought for them books, which you can now buy books that you can record your voice reading the book to the child. It's part of the book, and, and so I, recorded, I read the book to the child. It was recorded with a book, and then that was their Christmas present so that they, they could look at the book, and they would hear me reading it to them. So that, I think I think the voice is important even when you can't mm-hmm. see. If you can use a, a technology that allows visuals too, that's even better, you know. Mm-hmm. But at least the voice uh, of, mm-hmm. is important.
0: I think what what we've been doing in our family as well, we would uh, as as our kids were growing mm-hmm. and they were far away from their grandparents. Um, the grandparents would want to call them, uh-huh. so we we made every possible opportunity for them to have their personal time, yes, so that the grandfather can call his grandson and and yes. have a conversation every mm-hmm. so often, and our parents, they actually took initiative, we just mm-hmm. had to make it possible mm-hmm. through. Uh, through appointing time or, or, or yes. arranging time and technology to go behind this, but helping this process for them to connect directly every so often was very oh. helpful to our kids. Oh,
1: absolutely! And you know, and we can do this in many ways that cost almost nothing. And then you know, sometimes we only we save up the money so we can buy some big gift, but really, children appreciate something smaller and a little more often. I think sometimes I remember one missionary child having such fond memories of the fact that every time, this is back in the days before internet, and they would get a letter from their grandmother, mm-hmm. the grandmother would always include a stick of chewing gum mm-hmm. in the letter for each grand, each of the grandchildren, when there was nothing available like that in the country where they were, you know, a taste of home, so to, so to speak. Uh, my husband has memories of, as a child, his grandparents... Uh, Would would uh, his mother would order order from the catalog clothing because he couldn't get the clothing they would need would order clothing and the grandparents would always send him clothing and he he, it felt like a gift from the grandparents you know a connection even back in the years when furloughs were not every year nowadays we have annual leaves and that I think brings another uh, another aspect to uh, the connection. What would that be? Well, one of the things I think that would be very important is to remember that annual leave is for more than just getting your medical tests done and doing all the shopping. Or maybe
0: going <laughs> to a totally different place simply for vacation yeah. than where we haven't
1: been right. yet, yes. Italy Yeah, or... right, right. If, one of the things we, we, we did a couple times is uh, that the children really liked and, um, and, and we're still trying to continue it actually, is we went on a family camping trip together with oh, a, as an extended, and, as an extended family. family you know a canoe trip where we were out in the uh, out in, in a national park away from everything there's no cell phone there's no distraction we spent days canoeing and camping and cooking together and hiking and uh, you know just the family uh, extended family together as part of the annual leave and not everybody could do that but that was something we had you know we call it making a memory and I think it's really important to make memories to intentionally with the extended family.
0: You know, Cheryl, this is, as, as you were saying this, <clears throat> uh, so many memories come to my mind. Because mm-hmm. Amy and I, we have also really tried to have those family reunions. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, our closest extended family still live in different parts of the world. And we mm-hmm. took that initiative during our annual leave to try to be together, and this took some sacrifice—not mm-hmm. just from us, but from, from a number of people—and for us to get together and be together, it was not easy. But that provided one of the you know some of yes. the best memories we've yes. had in our yes. lives.
1: and it needs to be fun, you know. And I, I for the children's sake, I think sometimes we adults were happy just getting together and having a meal and sitting around and talking, but doing something active something fun with the children you know that they can remember maybe they're they can just play together with their cousins that's that's fun but uh but i think having a fun activity that you do together like like taking a hike or going uh one time we went and sat in a hot tub you know together or and then it was cold outside you know kind of thing and uh, you can go roll in the snow afterwards if you like but i mean you know something that's a memory that, that can carry them through. And every family can find ones that suit their family. I'd like to mention one other thing. For those of us who are from the English-speaking world, it is quite easy to maintain the English language anywhere in the world. You can buy English children's books anywhere in the world, and, and there's a lot of resources, um, you know, radio and TV and movies and all that in English, not a problem to maintain a good grasp of the English language. For people who are coming from other cultures, it's it's sometimes more difficult to maintain the home language with their children, and that can make it hard for the children to talk with their extended family.
0: You're tapping into something very uh, near and dear to my heart,
1: it can be difficult because if the children can't if the children and grandparents or aunts and uncles or cousins can't even speak the same language it's very hard to build a relationship and yet it can be also very difficult especially if the home language is a relatively small one and it takes a lot of intentionality on the parents part to make sure that the children maintain that language sometimes it's not possible but wherever it is possible you know getting the storybooks telling the traditional stories of the country making sure the children know enough that they can make that connection with their cousins make that connection with their grandparents telling the family stories the histories of the family you know in the native tongue will will help the children to stay connected with the extended family
0: i remember my mom my mom Mm -hmm. Um, really wanted to make sure uh, that our sons would uh, understand her and Mm -hmm. would uh, be able to talk with her and of course we were as helpful as we only can be in this Mm -hmm. process Um, so she actually took time uh, to teach our youngest to read in uh, that home language Mm -hmm. because he was going to school and and learning English as an everyday language Mm -hmm. so over Skype, uh-huh. in, in in several sessions, she taught him how to read. Wow. So now he's actually able to read, uh, you know, mm-hmm. participate in this WhatsApp group uh-huh. or whatever that that we have, and read everything that's going on there mm-hmm. in that, that language. Thing. That was the first language for her, uh-huh. which which was very special. Then. Yes,
1: now mentioning that. There, we have more and more families that we see that, that where the mother and father have different home languages. So that means the grandparents are, have a different home language. And then the family may have a shared language and the children will learn even another language. And this become, can become almost overwhelming in some families. So there may be, have to be some choices made on um, what the children will be expected to, to do. We have to be very sympathetic to our children and not overload them right. with expectations that are really too much for a child to bear. Uh, ch- children can, can feel very ostracized from their extended family if their language is laughed at uh, because it's not uh, perfect you know, or not good enough. They have learned maybe just a little bit of one of the parents' language. And then when they go to visit that side of the family, they're, they're ridiculed for not being able to speak well. Mm-hmm. And we need to try to protect our children for that. It's not always easy to do, but sometimes that means explaining to the cousins, to the extended family, why the child does not speak the language perfectly.
0: Cheryl, sure. just from this conversation we have uh, we, we can go into so many directions. Nice. In fact, we do want to do that with you in the future. We would like to have a series mm-hmm. on missionary families Wow uh, there, there's a lot of things that we can be covering together mm-hmm. so let's brainstorm a little bit. Um, okay. If we were to have such a, uh, such a series together, what would you say what uh, what kind of topics would we want to cover?
1: Wow, that that it's a huge area of course Family a huge area And there's so many things we could talk about And I'd love to hear from our listeners Things that they feel would be important But some of the questions I receive Are things like um, You know, at what age is it best To take a child back to the homeland Permanently mm-hmm. Or and other questions like Schooling are, is often a big question Okay, so our children Are going to school in Uh, this language English or French or German or international school language or whatever but now when they go back to their home country that's not a, a language that's offered there what can we expect or how should we do that or do we send them to a third country you know how do we handle this language issue for the schooling is a is a big question I get a lot um I, I hear a lot now talking not just about children and the extended family. There's often people who saying, how can I support my aging parents from so far away? And we probably should talk a little bit. You know, they say that the, the parents left behind are one of those unacknowledged losses often in the mission community. We've talked very little about how do we support the the parents that have been left behind in the home country. And it would be, maybe for many of our missionaries, something that they will face during their mission career. Aging parents, how do we deal with them? Maybe you have some ideas. Oh, uh,
0: sure. Um, for example, going through culture shock as a family.
1: Yeah. Of course, the differences there between individual family members, the complexities of the family system. Uh, I would love to have a discussion on the, f- the missionary family life cycle. There's been some really good research on the missionary family life cycle and what that means for the family system.
0: What about the spouse that is, um, may not be working
1: mm-hmm.
0: or, or working half time? So the, the whole idea of uh, trading spouse?
1: Okay. Yes, I think you've had one already. Uh, one discussion on the trailing spouse already, and that a big, uh, a a big topic of how to find my mission as a as a spouse that uh, hasn't been assigned a position.
0: We had mm-hmm. one interview with Gwen Asselford, yes. and I will actually link in the show notes of okay. this episode to that previous one for mm-hmm. all of those listeners of ours who uh, would find this particular topic interesting
1: good yes Uh, another another topic that many families deal with is when one of those parents travels a great deal that's an interesting yeah how do you how do you handle that absence and then presence again it's almost like two different family systems and uh, we can we can joke about it. I was saying to somebody today, hey, you know, when the husband is away, something always breaks in the house, you know. <laughs> but the wife learns how to take care of things, and then he comes back and wants to take over those jobs again. You know how how do you handle that coming and going, and how does a father or mother who is traveling a lot away from the children? Um, Maintain an active presence in the child's life when they may be missing many of the school programs or other activities of of the child, their games or whatever, because of their travel, their work.
0: Very good one. How about uh, managing family social life?
1: Yes, and managing the mission compound life or the other, you know, uh, family. One of the things uh, that often happens in a, in a mission community is we find parenting styles are very different between the, the missionaries or, as well as the uh, uh, local workers who may be there. People parent in different ways. This can bring a lot of conflict.
0: I can definitely see that. Lots of experience there when mm-hmm. we would look at different families and what they would do with their children. Always tempted to give advice, but, yeah. <laughs> but that's another episode. Yes. As our listeners can definitely see, there's uh, this particular series can be very, very interesting and, and have a lot of insight into... Uh, things that happen with our families in the mission fields. So what we would like to invite our listeners to do is to actually also maybe tell us
1: what they're interested in. Yeah, it would be lovely. We mustn't forget in this discussion of family is the marriage itself. And the marriage is the foundation of the family. And that found, that platform needs to stay strong and healthy. So we should discuss that as well.
0: Cheryl, just to conclude here, coming back to managing our relationships with our extended family, mm-hmm. um, we understand that for them to let us go is a sacrifice. Yes. How can we best respect that sacrifice that we're oh, making?
1: Oh, my. I think we, we need to be acknowledge that it is a sacrifice, first of all. Thank them for it. Uh, give them the appreciation they deserve for having been willing to make the sacrifice. And then asking their support and help through prayer and keeping them connected to the mission that we have so that they see that what their sacrifice, the sacrifice they have made, actually has a result for God's kingdom.
0: We're almost at the end of today's episode. The series on missionary family that we just brainstormed with Cheryl can be quite exciting, isn't it? and perhaps very much needed. We will really appreciate your input, friends. Would this be something you would like us to invest our time and energy? Would it be something you will want to invest your time and energy in listening into? If so, what particular topics are of special significance to you? You can always comment on the website, iwm. Adventist.org, right on the page devoted to this episode, with your comments to this particular question. You're also very welcome to email me at ottagc.adventist.org. At One more reminder next week we have the IWM webinar for the month of April. It will take place on April 25. We will be discussing our service and ministry in shame and honor cultures. Do check out the registration page and register for the webinar. I will provide the link to the registration page in the show notes of this episode. If you won't be able to participate in the live event, this will give you the most convenient way to take part in the webinar later. But if you can, we will be really happy to see you there. I'm Alex Ott, wishing you many blessings for the rest of this week. Looking forward to seeing you again next Wednesday.